0: The Master says, let them both grow together until the harvest. The Lord's words in today's Gospel are meant as an assurance to us, an encouragement. It's real simple, just to remind us that the presence of evil in the world cannot be a cause for us to lose our peace. It's true with regards to external difficulties and challenges, of which there are many. um, Again, both in the Church and in the world. Uh, and also, it's true with regards to interior difficulties, the presence of evil that we discover in ourselves as we, as we come to prayer, as we come to confession, and we continue to strive, to strive and struggle against temptation. Um, these things are also a, not a reason for us to lose our peace. Temptation and its attacks against us, let's be honest, its just a normal part of the Christian life. Uh, but more than that, they are, in fact, um, extremely beneficial to us if we know how to respond to them well. Certainly they help us to grow in virtue and humility and wisdom. And they also help us to see and understand more clearly uh, that which is good, that, that which is truly good. I like to use the, the, the image, really, of, of temptation. as just a moment where, like, you're at the gym and putting more weights uh, on whatever machine you happen to be using. Um, it's all for the purpose of making us stronger. In the context of all of that... Uh, we also get to consider, just briefly, the reality of failure. Sometimes failure uh, becomes a a reason for us to think um, that temptation ought to be something uh, that, again, makes us lose our peace, okay? Uh, And we use the language of fear sometimes with that. Um, But anybody who's ever failed in anything and has managed to get up again knows that failure is only that. It's just just an opportunity to learn and to get up again and to acquire experience. Uh, and they keep fighting, and hopefully, we also acquire uh, a certain amount of prudence uh, in the context of these things. So, all of that, which is which happens in the microcosm of my own soul, is also uh, worthwhile to consider uh, in the context of the world at large. We're given the assurance in today's gospel that the evil that we see in the world around us, and again, even in the church, uh, is going to be utterly and completely destroyed. The Lord's patience, then, with the world, in the same way that his patience with each of us, uh, is directed towards salvation, certainly for us, uh, but also for the world. Our humanity, our our fallen nature, needs to face adversity. We we need to be challenged. If there are no great victories to be won, then there aren't going to be any great men and women to win those victories either. And so just the presence of challenge and difficulty in the world is an opportunity uh, for us to become the men and women that God has called us to be. Peace in the context of the Christian life does not mean the absence of war. It comes from victory in warfare. It comes from conquering the evil that happens to show up against us. So the Lord permits and even provides for us a certain amount of adversity. Enemies, we mean, like the enemies who are sowing this, these weeds in the, uh, in, in, in the field of the Master. The Lord provides for us those enemies that we might share more, more fully in His victory, in His glory, and ultimately uh, in His peace. And so it means for us that the, that the warfare for us is not the same kind of warfare that the world engage, engages in. The world's warfare is represented by, uh, frankly, those servants of the Master who want to uproot the weeds before the harvest. The world is trying to accomplish the harvest on its own. The, the, the peace that the world tries to give is about domination and control of everybody who disagrees. It's not divine. And so our Lord comes to bring us the peace that only He can give, the peace that the world cannot give. And so if we're going to have that peace that only Christ can give, we have to follow His model and example as well. The, the, the warfare that we're called to engage in is, is, is modeled on Christ's warfare, because only his, our strength comes only from Him. So what do the Gospels say about our enemies? This enemy who's come and, and sowed weeds in, uh, in, in, in the field. Frankly, the only other real commentary on enemies outside of them being destroyed at the end comes up often enough. Our Lord says, well, love your enemies. And he says, pray for those who persecute you. And we do that all the while teaching and preaching and living out that which is good in season and out of season without fear and for the sake of the salvation of of the world. It's precisely the preaching and teaching and living out the fullness of the gospel that turns the enemies against us in so many ways. If Christ had been silent for, a, for his entire ministry, it wouldn't have been a ministry, first of all, they wouldn't have killed him either. It would have been silent in the face of the evil. And so that means that, that, that uh, this, the, the, the peace, so to speak, and, and, and the way that we're called to, to engage in this and. How do we say it? Even like allowing the weeds to grow with the wheat. That doesn't mean like a policy of, of appeasement, so to speak. It doesn't, that's, that's like Nazi Germany, right? Isn't it how the, how, the, how the Nazis conquered Europe because Europe just laid down and, and didn't do anything at all? It tried to appease those who were attacking and destroying. That's not the way. It's the way that, that, that David falls to Bathsheba, frankly. How is it that her beauty is able to conquer um, David? Because David wasn't on the front lines fighting. It's the time when when kings went to war is the language of Scripture. And so he sends his people off to war and he stays home himself, seeking comfort, avoiding the conflict. And so we get to preach and teach in the fullness of what that means uh, of, of the gospel. To preach that Christ is, in fact, the only Savior of the world. And that all men are saved through Him. And there's no, no other name under heaven by which we are to be saved. We're called to preach and teach like now that, again, receiving communion unworthily is, is, is contrary to the gospel. And in fact, is mortal sin. We preach and teach that those who are in public office, who promote the slaughter of innocents and continue to receive communion, not only cause grave scandal to the faithful but also endanger their own immortal souls. We cannot be afraid to be clear about the teaching of the Church. We cannot be afraid to proclaim on the housetops that which we have heard in the silence of our own prayer. And again, we are called to teach and preach and live authentic goodness and virtue in our lives, despite all opposition. In the middle of all of that, we humbly love our enemies and we pray for those who persecute us. We must allow Christ the victory, the one who says, vengeance is mine and I will repay." This moment, however, is the time of mercy. Because with the Lord, we do not desire the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Because that's the other reason for the Lord's patience. Weeds don't have to stay weeds forever. And so our preaching, and our praying, and our loving of our enemies, even our being uh, persecuted, can have a great positive effect for all of those weeds. And the flip side is that the wheat doesn't have to stay wheat forever, either. I mean, there's the one side that the adversity could turn us into weeds through fear if we're not careful. But St. Paul says it differently. He says, We've not received the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, we have received a spirit of sonship through which we cry out, Abba, Father. But in a better way than that, the wheat doesn't have to stay wheat forever. Because we look at the altar, and there we see that the good wheat doesn't stay wheat on the altar. The wheat on the altar becomes for us the body of Christ. And we too, who have been born of Him, We too, who are in fact sons and daughters of God Most High, are also the body of Christ. And so all of us together, here on the altar, only in the victory of Christ and the peace which He Himself provides, we are gathered into His barn, we're gathered into the kingdom of heaven, to rejoice in peace and victory and salvation forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.